Welcome to another episode of Follow the Brand. I am your host, Grant McGaw, CEO of Five Star BDM, a five-star personal branding and business development company. I want to take you on a journey that takes another deep dive into the world of personal branding and business development using compelling personal stories, business conversations, and tips to improve your personal brand. By listening to the Follow the Brand podcast series, you will be able to differentiate yourself from the competition and allow you to build trust with prospective clients and employers. You never get a second chance to make a first impression. Make it one that will set you apart, build trust, and reflect who you are. Developing your five-star personal brand is a great way to demonstrate your skills and knowledge. If you have any questions for me or my guests, please email me at grant.magaw, spelled M-C-G-A-U-G-H, at 5star BDM, B for brand, D for development, M for masters.com. Now let's begin with our next five-star episode on Follow the Brand. Welcome to the Follow the Brand podcast. This is Grant McGall, CEO of 5star BDM, where we help you to build five-star brands that people will follow. I am your navigator through the extraordinary tales of global pioneers right here on the Follow the Brand podcast. When you think of our world's most significant innovations and transformations, it's essential to recognize the brilliant mind steering the ship. Today, we have the privilege to dive deep into such a mind. Picture this, a young man from the vast Midwest, molded by its simplicity and values, dives into academia's depths. As he grows, he becomes captivated by the digital age's accelerating rush. This young mind soon emerges as a beacon in the intricate world of healthcare technology. Enter Jeff Sturman, Senior Vice President and Chief Digital Officer at today's esteemed guest. In the expansive realm of healthcare, finding clarity and innovative pathways can be daunting. Yet Jeff's journey, which he'll share with us today, lights away. We'll explore the ins and outs of putting patients at the core, the intricate dance of managing fast systems, and the monumental task of marrying technology with healthcare in our modern era. But the Follow Brand Podcast isn't just about the professional stories. It's about understanding the human spirit behind every innovation. So whether we're diving deep into technology's transformative power or kicking back to reminisce about the adrenaline rush of college football, today promises a vibrant tapestry of insights and shared experiences. So dear listeners, buckle up. Today's journey with Jeff Sturman promises a vista of challenges, triumphs, and the relentless quest for betterment in the healthcare sphere. Dive in, soak it up, and be inspired right here on the Follow Brand Podcast, where we are building a five-star brand that you can follow. I want to welcome everybody to the Follow Brand Podcast. I don't always get opportunity to talk to some of my favorite people face-to-face, mano-a-mano, to talk about their history, 
they're, they're the legend, and I'm calling the legend of Jeff Sturman. People don't know, like, you know, they, 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 they see the name out there, they've heard about this guy, they might have had a couple of meetings, but they don't know the man. We're going to go behind the scenes a little bit and really tune in to Jeff Sturman as a person he has become over time, the things that he's really passionate about, what drives him as a as a uh, IT professional, and where he wants to take this thing to a whole nother level. So we're going to take this back just a little bit. I call this episode the 30 for 30 of Jeff Sturman, because that's how much I feel uh, about him as an individual. So Jeff, you like to introduce yourself? Man, Grant, I, I don't know if I can even hold a, 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 a light to that. Um, legend, I don't know. I, I, I'm i just a 13-year-old boy uh, still trapped in when I look in the mirror, so I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but it, it is great, great to talk to you, my friend. Um, so yeah, I, uh, Jeff Sturman, I'm the Chief Digital Officer, uh, Senior Vice President here at Memorial Healthcare System, which I'll tell you more about Memorial in a moment, uh, based here in South Florida. Uh, been in this role for five years. Um, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a schizophrenic uh, recovering consultant. Uh, so I go from consulting in my career to uh, provider-based uh, leadership roles, uh, back to consulting, uh, back to provider-based leadership roles. So uh, a pleasure, uh, like I said, to talk to you. And and man, I, I I can't even come close to matching your energy. Oh, no. And you know what? We want to talk about energy right now because at 13, you you grew up in the, I don't even call it the Mideast, the Midwest. Oh, I was I'm a, I'm a I'm a Midwest boy through and through. I grew up in Detroit, outside Detroit. Um, I I was born in Chicago, uh, but I'm and I went to school in Indiana and Missouri, or misery as I fondly call it. Uh, no offense to any Missouri uh, Missourians, um, but uh, yeah, it was uh, a great um, great young life in the Midwest. Well, so let's start there because you 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 know obviously you had a great childhood. I was just up there. We were just talking about that. Some great walleye fishing out there in Lake Erie. Really enjoyed it. People don't realize how close those cities are to one another. I mean, they're they're all kind of like just you know metro area to metro area. Whether you're in Detroit, you're in Chicago, you're in Milwaukee. There's so many cities that aren't that far away, so they're kind of clustered there. You had a great, great childhood. But you end up well, going to you know, you, you know, Grant, it's not like living in Florida, right? Where it takes what eight hours just to get out of the yeah. state of Florida. Um, it's not like living up in New York where you can get to Boston or DC or Philly easily. Midwest maybe is not as close as the Northeast to big cities, but yeah, it, you, you certainly get a little bit more uh, that closeness. But the rivalry, I mean, you you're literally you got Ohio right there. You got mm-hmm. Michigan, you know, That's, right there. For, 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 forgive me, but Forgive me, but I'm from Michigan. We don't acknowledge Ohio, especially especially during football season. Um, and, and a lot of my good friends are from that great state, or at least that state to the south, I call it. Um, but yeah, they, they don't acknowledge Michigan either, I don't think. <laughs> oh, I was up there. It, there's definitely a lot of rivalry there. And I love it, man. I mean, you, you can feel it. There, there's just a, a lot going on. There's a lot more history there than people don't realize. Um, but we're going we're gonna to tune in to, because you're up there. You end up going to school in Kansas? Missouri? Nope, Indiana. No, Indiana? Don't, 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 you, you keep insulting me. No, <laughs> I I, uh, I went to IU. Um, my wife and I, I both, both both went there. My son is there now, so it's now a family tradition. Um, I, you know, I'm a little bit of a 
the black sheep in the family. I'm the only one who didn't go to Michigan in my family. Um, but yeah, we uh, still a big Michigan football fan. You can't take that out of me. Um, but I'm an IU guy. Uh, IU college football and basketball is uh, is where we live. Um, and uh, yeah, then I went to Missouri for grad school. Um, got my master's in health administration uh, because uh, my dad, who's a doctor, told me not to go to medical school and take a couple of years off. And, you know, I never looked back. Now, let's, so let's talk about that time period. Think about this. You're going to school, whether you're in IU, you're choosing, you know, to go to grad school. Are you thinking you're going to go into health administration or you're thinking about information technology? What exactly is going through your head? Oh, gosh, no. I, I mean, I, I didn't even have a computer in college. They, they didn't exist. Uh, my first computer was a gateway computer in, in grad school, and I didn't know what technology meant. Um, I, I think I fell into technology because what do, what do kids in the, in the mid-90s get thrown into after going to grad school and uh, getting my master's in health administration and uh, going to consulting? They throw you into technology because everyone thought this Y2K thing was real. Um, and so, yeah, I knew nothing. They knew, they knew that I knew nothing, um, but I got a great opportunity to join a Ernst & Young, a great consulting firm back then, and uh, really learned uh, the business, learned relationships, learned people. Um, I still, some of my closest friends are for, from the first couple of years of my career. Oh, I love that. I love, so, you, you know, you don't know what you're doing. You get thrown to the wolves, basically. That's what, this is kind of what has happened traditionally when you go to school and you're looking for that first job, I've heard from a lot of different professionals that they end up going into this consulting role, which really, you know, at the time it's a grind. It is a grind because you're, you, you got to pack a suitcase, you're going to city to city, you got to, you get in front of different people, you're expected to have some type of knowledge or experience or expertise, and you've got to like really hit the ground running. What did you, what do you think, did you think back? What were you leveraging day in and day day out in that, in that first consulting role? You know, it's it's a great question, and and for me, it was you know living in the moment and being a a cocky young kid out of grad school, just trying to trying to learn and soak up as much as I could. But you're right; in those days, we'd get on a plane Sunday night, and many times we wouldn't come home till Friday. It's amazing that my girlfriend I was living with in Chicago actually became my wife. And now we're married 25 years. Um, but, you know, it's amazing she stuck by me because I, I made her move from New York to Chicago. And then I'd leave and I didn't see her. I saw her for maybe 36 hours on the weekend. Uh, and then I'd leave again. Um, but in, in the first couple of years, I was really fortunate at Ernst & Young. Um, I had a couple of clients in Chicago. I got to work with some of the most senior people uh, and partners in the practice, uh, in the healthcare technology enablement practice. I learned IT strategy by watching them and meeting a lot of people because those projects were, you know, two, three, four months at most. And a lot of my counterparts and peers were um, going on these big implementations that were two, three years and getting sucked into these cities all across the country for really long periods of time. And that didn't happen to me right away. It ultimately did. And I spent about a year in Pittsburgh. Uh, where I first implemented Epic uh, in 1997 for a year and a half. And uh, those were the days when Epic was only an ambulatory solution. And I learned so much so quickly and 
Um, but yeah, I, I got the greatest benefit of the world by meeting a lot of people quickly and doing and what I didn't know what I was doing, but strategy work um, by being the guy who held the bag of a partner and listening to them and then realizing, oh, I can I can figure this out. And uh, yeah, I can take that deliverable I created at that client and use it here and change some names. And it's still pretty applicable. Scary thing is it's probably still applicable today. <laughs> well, it, it, certain things you know, are templates, and you can utilize those templates because there are tried and true playbooks that still work. You know, you look around just in, in life in general, the playbook for growing a tree, for, for having the different seasons in life. You know, so many repetitive, automated things in nature that work, that are constant. And so you've got to have some foundation. That foundational knowledge can then propel you because what I have found in my IT journey is that as you get involved with certain organizations, there's certain levels of discipline that sometimes aren't there. Sometimes they are there. There's things that people want to get into, but yet they haven't developed the basics. Like, where is this thing going to sit? Because it's going to sink because you don't have your foundational uh, uh, infrastructure built out properly, and that's going to run into certain issues. I don't want to get too far in the weeds in that world. A lot of times when you when we think of CIF, chief information officers, chief designal officers, chief strategy officers, we also think like, well, they must have cut their teeth somehow, some way, but they kind of work their way through the ranks in project management, or they work their way through the ranks then from a technical, from a director of IT, and, and then they got into you know these different levels. It would appear that because you got into an organization like ENY, that you sat already at the strategic level. Did you find that to be an advantage or a disadvantage? You know, it's true, and it's maybe not so true. So you're right in that. Like I said, my first couple of years, I got, I got such a wealth of knowledge of relationships and strategy um, in terms of IT strategy and how that supports the overall healthcare system strategy. I learned that. I learned how to develop those tools. I learned how to navigate and facilitate. Um, The biggest thing I learned early on, though, was project management. And you alluded to that. Um, I am not, and I like to say this all the time, I'm probably the least technical guy a lot of times in the room, especially with my team. And I've learned a lot through osmosis over the years and, and you know, tried to become a little bit more technically knowledgeable. Um, but the value I think I bring and the, what I've learned is how to, again, navigate these diverse relationships that exist in healthcare and really project manage at a level to make change happen. And that, that really is synonymous with information technology and digital today. What what that is, is all about change. It's all about adopting new ways of thinking, adopting new ways to deliver care. Um, and I also say through and through, I'm a healthcare guy. I'm a healthcare guy, first and foremost. I'm a technology guy, a far, far, far second. But I'm passionate about taking care of people and doing the right thing and thinking about delivering care. I just don't do it with a scalpel and I don't do it in the operating room. But I, I get to have the pleasure of working with some really talented physicians and leaders. And I know that they have the hard job. I get the easy job to 
to think about delivering care and thinking about a consumer experience and engagement and driving change. Um, but it is uh, it is a collaboration that today I feel like what, again, backing way up now, th- almost 30 years ago, um, the foundation of all that I got in consulting has benefited me greatly in being able to really do what I do today. That's wonderful. I like that. So we're getting down to the brass tacks of the Jeff Sturman story. You know, part of the, the legend that I'm talking about, I want you to back up just a little bit because 30 years ago, you're sitting there in Pittsburgh, you're working on an epic design, you're working with epic ampliatory systems. Now you're sitting at the, you know, really top levels of IT for one of the largest uh, public health systems in the United States. Between that period of time, what has been your greatest challenge? Greatest challenge um, for me, I I mean, Grant, every day is a challenge. But because this world is so fast moving, trying to stay up on top of the latest and greatest has always been a challenge. You know, at the same time, we always say healthcare runs probably a decade behind other industries from a tech standpoint. Um, and how we can then apply and adopt those sort of um, learnings and products and services and apply them to healthcare has been a tremendous challenge. Because I think culturally and from a people standpoint, you know, it's not about technology. Again, it's about change. It's about change management. So for me, it's adoption of, of how we apply um, new ways of thinking, change management, and really shifting a culture. And that's been the biggest challenge. It's something that I love doing. It's something that I, I, I think the people side of our business is so much more fun to try to make change around. Um, and I think if you don't think about changing, you don't think about culture, then you, you really miss the boat on delivering care at a new level. Um, but it's also been the biggest challenge, I think. This episode is brought to you by Five Star BDM. Five Star BDM is a professional consulting and advisory group keenly focused on business development services for small to mid-sized businesses and entrepreneurs. Although every business is unique, they often share challenges that can be addressed through smart branding. Services include process improvement and operations, digital strategy and transformation, business intelligence, digital marketing, and personal branding. Our five-star business and personal branding company has helped a number of professionals and organizations to optimize and grow. The result is more business, more opportunities, better reach, positive outcomes. Please visit www.5starbdm.com to learn more and view all the episodes of Follow the Brand. And I agree with you, especially right now, the labor issues within the healthcare industry are paramount. I've been talking to some industry leaders and say, okay, what's top of mind now? Or what's really going on? And they're talking about, hey, Grant, you don't want to be part of the billionaires uh, uh, club. I'm like, the billionaires club? What are you talking about? Those are the hospital systems that are losing a billion dollars a year because of inflation and the supply chain, because of the loss 
in, in, in labor and just the knowledge base of people that are just transitioning out of the industry, you are now challenged with digital transformation and working through the challenge of, okay, Jeff, here's your budget coming into 2023, 2024, 2025. And this is what you're going to have to work with to make this change a holistic change in patient experience. What do you say to that? You know, it's, I was having a conversation with a group of folks earlier today, and, and I made the same point that, you know what? We don't have infinite resources. We don't have infinite money. And so you got to really look at how you prioritize. What can you do to make things happen while not staying just stagnant? Because if you just stay stagnant, if you just stay in today, then then consider yourself probably dead, right? Because you got to think about evolution. You got to take some quick wins. You got to do um, what you can do to make change happen. And that doesn't mean you consume everything. That doesn't mean you do everything. That means you can't boil the ocean, as a good friend of mine used to say. Um, you, you, you pick and choose. And, and, you know, sometimes those are easy things to do and aren't that expensive. And sometimes they're really hard to do and they're really expensive, um, but they're the right thing to do and you got to set foundation. So from a prioritization standpoint, you know, we got to think differently. We got to think not just hospital care. We got to think that consumers and patients are not just going to come to our hospital, that we have to get out to them. We got to think about engaging them at a different level, that they're just not going to call our call center to make an appointment, that they want to chat with us. They want to have a chat bot that they, and maybe they don't, but different demographics and different, different age groups and different areas of the country all want to do things maybe to some degree similarly, but also in some cases differently. And therefore, I think we have to engage and think about um, talking to consumers. And I'm, again, very intentional when I use the word consumer in healthcare. Um, and all my colleagues and all of your listeners probably have said the same thing for a long time now. Hey, patients are when they're in your hospital or in your care setting getting care. But 99% of the time, we're consumers and we're doing things and we want to know and get knowledgeable and be educated and take more control of our situation like we've done in other industries. And so there's so much to be done there. Um, and I, I think to me, that again is one of the biggest opportunities that we can do in digital to help shift the way in which we culturally impact a population, our community, our patients, our consumers is through digital engagement. And, uh, and there's lots of tools out there everyone's trying to solve this. And that goes well beyond just digital. It goes to how we solve access, how we solve growth, and we remain um, relevant. Um, it talks about provider engagement and you know experience, not just for the consumer, but how do we simplify? At the end of the day, my goal for healthcare is how do we simplify this very, very complex industry that we all have to be in at certain times in our life and make it just easier to manage. Um, it's a shame. It's really difficult for me to think about this, that it's hard for me to navigate healthcare for myself and my family. I can't imagine being on the outside of the industry trying to navigate this. 
and you're at one of the most vulnerable times of your life, typically, whether you're a family member worrying about another family member or friend, or whether you're actually the person receiving care, we just got to make it simpler to simpler for our, uh, everyone to consume. I 100% agree with that. Anyone listening to this podcast will understand that it is a patient-first organization. You have to understand the situation. Doesn't mean you have all the solutions, but you have to understand the situation. The healthcare industry is a labyrinth. It's not simple. It's not easy. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of things that are happening that are in your control and outside of your control. It's completely out of your control. However, you become the face of the uh, point of care. So you got to be conscious of that. I want to ask you from a a hiring perspective, from a human resource perspective, when you are now, as opposed to what you might have done five or 10 years ago, when you're looking to hire uh, people in your department, what is the mindset that you're looking for? Yeah, I, I, lo- I love that question. And I love that. I love talking about this. So, yeah, I, I'm probably not a traditional CIO, chief digital officer, because I'm not all that technical by background. But hopefully I'm pretty strategic and forward thinking, innovative, and uh, a project manager who likes to get stuff done. Um, And so, you know, and I said it earlier, a healthcare guy, I'm a healthcare guy through and through. So I think, you know, we have to remember the industry that we work in. And it's a balance. Everything in life is a balance. And and my department that I control it from a digital standpoint here at Memorial is a balance. But I've been very sensitive to balancing that team out with what I'll call more traditional technology folks with very, very critical operational strategy, clinical business knowledge. Because if you don't understand the business, you don't understand the clinical operations, you can be the best technologist in the world, but you're not going to be passionate about the industry and about the place that we work. And I think it's really important that you understand that we're impacting people's lives, that we're taking care of people. And so I hire a lot of nurses and doctors and therapists and pharmacy folks. In fact, a lot of those people are leading my IT organization today because they get healthcare. That's kind of the fabric of who they are, certainly the fabric of how I grew up with a with a doctor in the family and many doctors in the family. Um, my sister's a psychologist. My other sister's a speech pathologist. So we're all in the helping professions world. And, you know, I think if you don't have that passion and you want to work in IT, then you can pick a lot of other industries where IT is more mature. You can probably make more money. You can maybe even have more technology fun. But if you're passionate about healthcare and about taking care of people, and at the end of the day, just being passionate about people, there's no better place to be. And, uh, and, and that gives me a little bit of joy, a little bit of, you know, satisfaction in that. Um, I feel like we impact today more than ever before. I'm not that guy that sits behind the scenes and, you know, is programming or is a database guru at all. I have some of those guys and they're great, but I tell them all the time, if you're not passionate about taking care of people and knowing the impact that you're having by doing what you're doing, then don't be here, you know? And and that that's a hard pill to swallow, especially in this mar- job market that we're all in, because it's hard to recruit, it's hard to retain. Um, but we have an incredible team here at Memorial that I could not be more proud of. 
Um, I'm pretty confident that um, of the almost 400 people in IT here, um, that that almost all of them, if not all of them, would tell you that they're here for the right reasons, and that's uh, to take care of people. And uh, we take care of each other while we're at it. I love that. And I, I, I can feel it. And I've been around a lot of people for Memorial and the enthusiasm and the, the, the care they put into everything that they do from the top leadership all the way throughout the organization is evident. And I'm not just saying that because you're here. That's something I believe. I go, I've consumed a lot of the health care there at Memorial, uh, whether it's at West or is at one of the other facilities. And I've got nothing but top-notch service. So I really well, appreciate that. I appreciate you saying that. I think in some respects, we're the best-kept secret in the country. Uh, we might be well-known in our small little geography down here in South Florida. Um, but we are, I think, a force to be reckoned with. We are um, the, the highest level of quality and satisfaction that I'm proud about. Um, and, and certainly um, a very community focused organization that's now growing its roots into even academic uh, medicine. And so we are um, a big fish in a little pond, maybe, um, in, in some respects, but we are a really awesome, really great place to work. Um, lots of, I, I can keep going on and on about how happy I am at Memorial and how great of a place it is, because it is a wonderful place. Thank you. I think uh, the, a lot of people, you see the clapping. It's about at least 400 people on your team. It's definitely like, yeah, yeah, that's our guy. That's uh, our guy. I, I, hope, I hope there's 15,000 people <laughs> at Memorial clapping because uh, that's what we got. And uh, and and I feel uh, that 15,000 employees here probably all feel the same way. Well, let's put you on the stage. I want to give you a, 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 a real short project right now as you are a PM. I want you to enter the stage. 15,000 people are on the stage. You're about to get an award. You have gotten awards. You've gotten Orbit Awards. I believe you've got some other CIO awards. You have been on the stage. I want you to now take the mic and talk to us about what you consider to be a pressing problem in healthcare that you feel that the audience truly needs to hear about. And you've talked about some of their human resource problems. You've talked about some of the technologies. You've talked about some of your background. And all that's very, very important. I want you to take the mic, talk to 15,000 people right now that you feel is very important for them to hear this message. What would you say? You know, so maybe it's some, a little bit repetitive from what I've already said, but I'll, 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 cu I'll cover it. And it's, it's so hard because there's so many problems that we're trying to solve. Um, but, I, but I'm on stage now telling you about, a, uh, you know, something that we got to fix and, and, you know, access obviously is a huge problem, but you know, the first problem we need to fix, and I talked about it already is the labor shortage and labor issue. Um, I'm not going to cover that one anymore because I think we've kind of beat that one up enough, but I will tell you that simplification and overall getting access to the right care at the right time, um, at the right place is absolutely critical. And um, and I know there's ways we can solve this, both operationally, culturally, um, by, by digital means. Um, and I don't know that any of those are silver bullets, but I do know that um, we all have to be committed to trying to make that just better and easier for our patients, our consumers to get care. And, uh, you know, we're doing some great things um, from, you know, working with some very innovative solutions on virtual and telehealth 
uh, to remote patient monitoring and making sure that care is delivered at home uh, to, you know, thinking about care even in the hospital. And maybe this doesn't sound that sexy, but it's a huge win from an artificial intelligence standpoint to think about how we are talking about prediction and predictive analytics. And all of that, at the end of the day, really ties to access of care. Because if we can identify disease states more predictively, more proactively, then we are going to get care to a patient in a manner that they need to get it, even if they don't need know they need to get it right now. And, and that gets to some really cool things that are happening with artificial intelligence on the clinical side. That gets to um, you know thinking about decision trees and navigating how you make online appointments in a much more simplified manner. That gets to, again, um, a, a vision of knowing that you can go to you know, the supermarket, the mall, the airport, and have a telehealth appointment with a virtualist at any time that you're in those settings. Um, so just creating those areas, those um, conveniences of delivery is so important. Um, not to mention, we just got to get better at opening our schedules and managing um, our physicians and our practices with templates and uh, how we can um, you know, allow more growth of what we all need to deliver to our own communities. Um, and that just comes down to some really um, very, I know, complex things to navigate, but also getting to a, a mechanism by which you know, our providers um, are managed at a level of um, continuity and consistency. Um, right now, we have a lot of physician practices in our community that operate independently from each other. And I think there's an opportunity to bring them together and collaborate and work um, in, a, in a way in which we're creating consistency. That is a wonderful answer. Small wins lead to big victories. And we're all in this together. We're all in this community together. We've got to tap into our universal knowledge, our wisdom, and our experience to bring forth a, a, just a, a transform healthcare experience for everybody because times are changing. We've got an older population. We've got a lot of things happening. You don't know what that unknown is. COVID was an unknown. Who would have predicted something like that? But kudos to everyone who stepped up and said, wow, this is an unprecedented event and it takes unprecedented people to be able to meet that challenge. You've been able to meet that challenge. I'm very, very proud of you. If, if you have not been told that, I'm going to tell you that uh, here on the Follow Brand Podcast, Grant McGaw, Jeff Sturman, very proud of you and what you've done, what you've been able to accomplish throughout your career, what you're continuing to do. Because I feel you're one of the people that you can actually have a good conversation with and have a candid discussion about what's needed, what's necessary. What can we do together to make change happen? So thank you very much for being on the follow Hey, 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 Grant, the good news about a podcast, hopefully uh, you can't see me because you're making me blush. Um, but, but uh, you know, thank you for those kind words. And, you know, 
we we did learn so much. If if anything, we got learned. We learned over the last you know three or four years. We mobilized. We know we learned how to mobilize, get things done. Um, people would never have believed that we could have done what we did uh, in the face of COVID uh, before COVID happened. And uh, now you know we sit at the, in the cross section of of strategy and operations and um, digital is uh, where it's at. And so I'm happy. I'm thankful for all my colleagues across the country that make a difference and they all do. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Jeff, if the audience wants to get in touch with you, what is the best possible way? Probably get in touch with you and, and you'll get them in touch with me. No, uh, they, Hey, they can, they can email me. I'm, I'm always on my email. Don't tell my wife. Oh, she kind of knows it. Um, and that's Jay Sturman, J-S-T-U-R-M-A-N at MHS.net. And uh, I do look forward to talking to folks. I, I love talking to people and hearing about problems, about how we can solve them together. Um, I, if nothing else, I know I don't know how to solve a lot of things. Um, I learn from other people. And I know that's called plagiarism in college, I tell my kids. Um, and that's just called smart business practice in, in the real world. Absolutely. We've got to learn from each other. It's not about are we going to learn that the Michigan Wolverines pulls it off again and defeats the Ohio State Buckeyes? Are we going to hear it first here? I like it. I like it. I think uh, I think Michigan's got a good year ahead of them. So I'll be at a couple games. I'll be at a couple UF games where one of my sons is this year. I'll be at a couple uh, Indiana games and probably a couple Wolverine games. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you for being on the show. Thanks, Grant. Appreciate it. You're welcome.